Starting recording? Hey, okay, there it goes. <laughs> uh, tight. All right, so this is Ace Podcast, episode three, where we talk all things about art, culture, and entertainment. Oh. <laughs> My chair starts squeaking and creep me out. Uh, I'm your host, Will, a.k.a. Will the Greatest, and with me, I have a guest today. Uh, you want to introduce yourself, my brother? What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? It's Aaron in the house. I hope y'all having a great, fantastic day. I'm happy to be here for the second podcast. It's lit outside. It's sunny in California. JK, it's dark outside, but we're having a good time. <laughs> oh, Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, we haven't talked in a minute. <laughs> you know how I'm in it. Like, I haven't seen you since, like, I haven't seen you see you since, like, Comic-Con. And then we talk, yeah. like... A few days after Comic Con, and it's just been like, this has been like not radio silent, but it's just been like, like here, wishy washy here or there, wishy washy, yeah, yeah, all in passing. But you know, I hear that you got your own upgrades in life too, brother. I have, I have. I just got a new job as a part of this YouTube channel, so I'm grateful for hosting. And I'm, I'm like, shit, man, it's been busy. I'm working like three jobs right now. Oh damn! You, yeah, <laughs> as hard as I am, because I got I got my own travel. I got to travel four hours a day, three a week. Oh my! Uh, God. And the other days I take off until I find a job. Job, which did an interview this week. So you know, like I always start the show with a couple life updates. So I had a job interview this week. Um, I told you already about these damn beds that I got to build now. I got an exam next Friday that I don't feel prepared for at all. Got to throw up some praise. To, Baby Jesus for this one. <laughs> Baby Jesus, please save us. <laughs> oh, man, let me let me pass this so I never have to look at this exam again. But I mean, what's been going on with your life? Uh, you got jobs on jobs on jobs. Jobs on jobs on jobs. I uh, went through a breakup recently, so recuperating from that. That's always fucked, yeah. But we it's okay. We we rolling. We living. You know. Uh, host a, an open mic out here for poets and musicians in Cali. So just been. Just been furthering that and trying to get more people to come out to that because we just we be rolling every other week. Every other week we just have people performing, whether it be poetry or dance or or whatever. And it's it's cool. It's cool. I'm happy to see us growing. Just staying busy, staying grinding, growing as a person. You know, Uh, the marathon continues. (laughs) Marathon continues. Never stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Yeah, he's from your coast. So you know, rest in peace to the. The man Nipsey, but um, so one of the other things I like to do here is talking about like what we've in terms of like art, what we've been taking in, if there's anything specific or anything new. Me personally, um, I haven't watched Raising Dion and I haven't watched El Camino yet, so I'll probably try and get those done so I can do those next week. But I did watch the first episode of My Hero Academia season four. That was nice. It was soft. And then I watched Big Mouth season three, um, which you haven't seen, so I'm not going to spoil no. anything. Uh, so it's it is an interesting season. There's definitely some character development. Uh, the boys mm-hmm. on that show continue to be trash. Connie still continues to be my favorite character. <laughs> um, and in terms of listening, I listened to the baby's new album today while I was at the at the gym. It's actually it's pretty good. Um, okay. I, I like it. So, but he, I have bias because he's also from my state, so you know I got support. So. <laughs> Oh really? Someone said uh the baby raps like he has twenty minutes left to live and he has to get all his bars out before he dies. Which is <laughs> low key true, but I, I like I fucks with the baby. He's he's good. He makes uh solid music, but I know in terms of like 
media, reading, watching, listening, what you what you've been partaking in, brother Aaron? I've listened to a little baby. Like I'm not super super versed in his work. I know that he had he had a feature on the quote unquote controversial, not really controversial because most people think it's trash album called The Big Day on the song called Hot Shower. Oh yeah, he was I, on Hot Shower. I like that song. I don't care what anybody says. It's a, song. It's a fun song. It's a, a fun, fun album. dumb song. It's a fun album. Chance loves his wife. We all know this. If you didn't, if you didn't know before, <laughs> I love my wife. I love my wife. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love my wife. <laughs> uh, I also been listening to um, what's his name? Oh, YBN Corday, his oh, new album, good. Lost Boy. Uh, people sleeping on YBN Corday. He's he's boy's got talent. He's I like he's gonna be on the up the the up and coming man. Um. Also, outside of the hip-hop, was still kind of sort of in the, the rap lane, more spoken word. Uh, this dude named Hobo Johnson, he just came out with a new album, so I've been listening to that a lot lately. That name sounds, why did that name sound familiar? I think I may have showed you a little bit of Hobo when we were in Comic-Con. You might have. Yeah, yeah, that name sounds mad familiar. So he's like, he's like a, a, a mix of a few different genres, but... Um, I say he's definitely, definitely interesting. Not, he's not like super high on the rise, but he's like, he's mm-hmm. coming up. He's coming up there. Go ahead, Hobo Johnson. <laughs> Shout out, Hobo. Shout out, Hobo. Yeah, but what you what you've been watching, man? Too. Uh, or- I, saw, I did see El Camino. Okay. I have uh, I have thoughts on that. That's um, it's a movie. It <laughs> happened. It's not bad. Is it necessary? That's debatable. But. Mm-hmm. Had a good, had an enjoyable time with it. Um, saw Joker. Seen Joker twice now. Really like Joker. I have too. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> talk about Joker. Joker inspired me to go check out King of Comedy and Taxi Driver because I'd never seen those movies before. I definitely see what the, the the influence is, but I don't definitely don't think Joker is a copy of those films at all. I think they're both very interesting in their own right. Um. I think Tax Tax Driver was good. I feel like it's a little overrated, but I enjoyed the movie overall. I like King of Comedy because Rupert Rupert uh what's his name? It's not Ketchup. Rupert Rupert something. Start with a K. Uh, he's he is just like he is too much. He's like the epitome of like doesn't get the point, doesn't get the picture. But no, Robert shows Robert De Niro has some real range, and um it made me show a greater appreciation for for him and filmmaking in general. Okay. Yeah. Also got a tripod, which I'm happy to start making my own films, start recording my own poems. Hey. So that's gonna be dope. That's gonna be cool, you know. We gonna yeah, get been, it. I've been seeing you out here out here making moves and we can talk about like the channel stuff uh once we get through all this news. So we're switching up. I usually do DC then Marvel because I usually don't have much shit on DC, but since we have Joker and then everything with Scorsese, we'll leave that for the end. The Marvel news pretty light. I mean Powers of X wrapped up everything in the comic realm. I don't really feel like talking about comics. Kamala Khan's confirmed for the Avengers game. Saw that. Which, which we knew, So, but that looks cool that she's getting gameplay. Um, it's interesting to see her classic costume. They released that little featurette. Yeah, that and her DLC. They both they both look good. Um, I don't know. She, she looks great. It, the game continues to look good. I need money to buy it. I mean, do you have any thoughts about that? 
Um, I need money to buy it too. I don't have a PS4 <laughs> or a Xbox One, so I hope that one day when that happens, I'll be able to afford to get the game. Um, um, yeah, her design looks interesting. Looks very, very um realistic. I would say yeah. it looks like her in the costume looks like a cosplay, which I, I guess that's intentional. I but think it is. That that's kind because of, like in the comics, it's. She's like a huge comic fan, right? She's fan of these heroes. That, but it's a bathing suit. It's a bathing suit? I think in canon, it was a, it's like a modified bathing suit that a lot of Muslim women wear. Which is why. It makes it stretchy. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. But like, like a bathing suit, but like with techno threads or whatever in it, so it can stretch with her. But yeah, like oh. the, the original one, I think was, was like a bathing suit, a uh, modified bathing suit. So yeah, but it does look like a cosplay. Yes. <laughs> it absolutely does. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'll play it. You know. Yeah. Doesn't look as good as as Spider-Man PS4, but hey, from I've only seen a little bit of the game, so I can't really say what the quality is going to be. But I'm interested in the story. Yeah. Shit, they must have been pissed when when they saw Avengers Endgame. They're like, shit, uh, five years <laughs> later, <laughs> y'all had to make five they years. Did it too. <laughs> well, it's also Square Enix, and they take forever to come out with games. It took them like ten years uh, for all these Final Fantasy games, and so they're and they're the ones doing this. It's either yeah, because Crystal Dynamics, who's owned by Square Enix, and they always take forever when it comes to their video games. I don't know, man. I, I just all I can hope is that it's good. Um, but I mean, looks good, looks fun. I'm excited to have my girl Kamala in there, or Kamala, however you say it. I'm thinking. <laughs> Thinking of the presidential candidate Kamala Harris, but yeah, the other news. Um, well, there's two other things. One, I, one I just remembered. It's not huge news, but it's funny news because it keeps coming up. The second one is the Black Widow and Taskmaster's appearances uh, got, I guess, leaked or released online, but they weren't supposed to be. But I mean, Oops. <laughs> they look good. I mean, you, you, yeah, because you've seen them. Um, yeah, looks, I saw them. I, I thought I thought Black Widow looks like Black Widow. I like her she costume. Looks like Black Widow. It looks good. Oh, I actually like this costume a lot. I'm surprised. I don't know why. I think it's just the design of it. But if I remember Master... correctly, it's more reminiscent of like her comic suit, right? Because she has like the gold like wristbands. Yeah. Or she has so... the gold and it's like it does that thing where it's kind of insect shaped on her chest, kind of like Ant Man has too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, Taskmaster. Cool. Taskmaster looks look cool. Looks like like I said, it looks like um. I said, I said somewhere else, but it looks like like uh, it looks like a sports gear kind of. It does. Straight up, you know, he doesn't have the skull. He should probably get like a cape or something. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's not good for combat. Probably not. But I think he'd look cool. Yeah, I would. I think it'd be tight to see him like with. When did when did capes fall out of fashion? You know, <laughs> who doesn't like a good cape? Even uh, even Lando Calrissian rocks capes. So you know, I'm I'm down for him to come with the cape, but he. He looks a lot better in their promotional art than in the set photos, which is almost always the case. Oh, yeah. um, so I'm, I'm sure. And he looks like a mishmash of a couple different appearances. But, I mean, he, he looks good. He looks like he serves his purpose. I mean, d- during my last show, I definitely theorized that uh, Yelena, the, the the blonde sister chick, is – I think they're just backdooring so that they're going to have her be the new Black Widow going forward. Probably. That's what I, what I, that's what I think, too. Uh, cause then they'll put her in like Avengers five and they'll have like a whole yeah. new cast of people in Avengers. Yeah. The new um, Avengers, secret Avengers, dark Avengers, whatever they're going to do with it. Maybe David <laughs> Harville will do something going forward as well. With a red star. I can't remember his name. Red something. Red guardian, red guardian. Guardian. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad somebody remembered. <laughs> I think that I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious to to see who Taskmaster actually is because we haven't heard any casting announcements for that the character. I don't think we do. We don't know who's playing him, so it must be like a big actor. At least that's yeah. what I'm assuming. Or 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 it could be a smaller actor. I don't know, but it is interesting that they're keeping that under wraps. Um, and that that might be a mystery for the whole thing. I'm hoping also that they don't kill him. Marvel has a history of killing their villains, even the interesting ones, and I would like to see that kind of change going forward because I yeah. feel like you can use a lot of them for different stories. Like, I'm glad that Zemo's coming back for a Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think, like, just with I, a similar problem I had with, uh, with El Camino, not to get into my full thoughts, but the story... Oh, I can't even say that. That's like kind of a spoiler. So, okay, I'm not going to say that. What I will say is I hope that Black Widow does more than add context to this character we've already seen the fate of. And I hope it adds something to the future of the MCU as far as the characters are introducing within the film. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what it has to do because it's... One, I think everyone agrees it's going to be like, because it comes out in 2020, it's six years too late. Because um, it should have come out at, at minimum uh, after Is Iron Man 2. But for sure, after Cat, for sure after Cat 2, at least. Yeah. Like, at the latest. Um, everyone's like, oh, okay, or, or, or not. But um, that, but it's also a mid-cool about a yeah. character that we've seen die. <laughs> so it's like, all right, you have to make us care about this. Because... Even at Comic-Con, like, I think she was the one that we were... The only reason everyone got excited is because they showed us footage. Right. And they did not show that footage. No one really would... I hate to say it, but we wouldn't have cared that much. It was just cool to have them there and see stuff. Bro, why was why was Blade more hyped than when they showed actual <laughs> footage of Black Widow? One, one, because it's Mahershala Ali. True. And two, because it's Blade. And then three, yeah, there doesn't need to be a third. Those two are enough. Exactly. But why, why was Shang-Chi more hyped than Black Widow? Right? Oh. No one even knows him. Who? Shang-Who? Right? I'm sorry. But no, yeah. I I mean, I'll watch Black Widow. Well, I'll watch Black Widow. But yeah, I'll see it. I, you know, I'm, I'm too deep into the MCU at this point. I'm here till the wheels fall off. Exactly. The point, I'm just asking, is it necessary? And I hope that it proves to yeah. be so. You, you have to, yeah, you're going to have to. The, this film it will have to prove to us why it needs to exist at this point in time. Mm-hmm. It would have been different if it was like 2015 or 20, even 2017, I'll give it at the latest, but like 2020, after all the uh, Endgame and after the Infinity stuff, yeah, you got to give us a reason for this one to be interesting as a mid-qual. But um, the last piece of news is actually a little bit tied into that, and I almost forgot it, is that that news is circulating again about... <laughs> The female actors, um, or the actresses of the MCU wanting to get that A-Force movie off the ground, which I'm here for, but they keep bringing it up. Like, I'm like, Kevin has, I'm sure Kevin has a plan for it. But, like, let me let me see if I can find the quote, because um, it was Brie Larson and Tessa Thompson were at, ironically enough, Ace uh, Comic-Con. And, and Tessa had said during a, a panel, she's like, I know what I want. No, listen, this is not just because Valkyrie would like to hang out with some of the beautiful, strong, intelligent, fantastic women of the MCU. She would, platonically, in a team-building way. <laughs> so we work together as a team, us women, doing things in a film or two. 
And then Larson continued by saying, I think this is what we want. We want to see females working together, ideally in their own film. And we really have been saying this a lot. But the more that people talk about it and say that, uh, say they're behind that and are interested in the in that, the higher likelihood it is that could happen. People are listening, they're watching, which I agree. And I think the concept yeah. of an AFS, A-Force movie is good. Um, yeah, I just, it's one of those things where I'm like, I agree that like the more you, add, the more people discuss it, the more likely it is to happen. I think Kevin is figuring out the way to navigate it because even people that enjoyed Endgame and enjoyed that that little A4 scene, I thought it was great. Even the writers are like, we didn't have to put it in there, but we did because we thought it would be cool. And I think Kevin's trying to find a way to kind of justify that movie the same way that like Black Widow needs to justify its existence. Right. And so I don't know, like, what what are your thoughts after hearing all of that? Like, I'm I'm cool with it. I'd love to see that. A Force is one of the comics I like. Initially, the rest of the run is kind of weird, but you know, <laughs> like its initial run during Secret Wars. Um, I think it'll be cool. I feel like if as as long as they are coming from a place of they have an interesting story they want to tell with these specific characters, rather than just the oh we want to have a team of girls just because. Yeah. I feel like that's not a good place for the foundation of a strong story. If they have a strong story to tell with these characters, then I am all for it. But um, otherwise, I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. But but no, I feel like I would want to I would want to see them together. Of course yeah. I would. Of course I would love these characters, but I do want to see a story worth telling. And and I I agree with that too because it's like if you're going to do like an all-females Avengers movie, essentially an, an A-Force movie, uh, I want it to at least feel organic. I don't want it to be like, we're making an all-female movie because women. And I'm yeah. like, no, these are all really interesting characters independently, except for Captain Marvel. But aside from that, <laughs> but the rest of them, like King Valkyrie, the Wasp, um, Okoye, Shuri, you know, um, Scarlet Witch... Upcoming Monica Rambeau, like you have a, a, all these people from Eternals and Shang-Chi and all these upcoming heroes we have and like Yelena, um, Gamora, um, Nebula. I'm like, yeah, all, a bunch of really interesting characters and like looking at how that team dynamic would be, would be cool. But, and, and you, you know, you can base it off the comic. You can bring in the, um, I'm forgetting her name. It's like, what, what's it called? This, I'm forgetting what it is. Mantis? starts with that. No, no. Oh, you can bring in Mantis, too. I forget. There's, there's like, a space girl with cosmic powers that is in the actual A-Force book. Um, I can't remember her name right now, but she's she's cool. She has interesting powers. So I'm like, if you want to do it, a thing about, like, a group of women, you know, being badass and working together as, like, a covert spec ops team or something like that. It, it's But it's definitely, like you said, you have to... You have to have an interesting story to tell from the ground work, and I think that's probably more than likely what Kevin's trying to figure out. Because he's already juggling, like, Phase 4 movies, Phase mm -hmm. 5 planned. What am I going to do with the X-Men? What am I going to do with the Fantastic Four? And he may be waiting to also use some of those characters. Because, um, like, in all honesty, I think Rogue would be a great introduction in Captain Marvel 2 as a villain. Because I think... Cause that's Well, that's how Rogue gets a lot of her powers, that she stole them <laughs> from Carol. And so... And turning, and turning Rogue into a villain now, that's, that's an interesting... I mean, she's, she's, she's been a villain, so starting her as a villain and then her arc is, like, becoming a hero would be, like, an interesting pivot, a little bit 
more like Scarlet Witches, but a little bit more drawn out. I think that would be a cool thing to do for her. And then maybe that culminates with like Rogue joining A-Force. And you haven't miss, uh, I almost called her Miss Invisible Woman, Invisible Woman. So, you know, super. <laughs> so I, I totally agree with you. Like, I'm here for an A-Force movie, but you have to have the story to back it up. <laughs> right, right. And, and so it's I like, hope- who are they going to fight? I hope it's not uh, misogyny. That's all. Yeah. I can <laughs> no, and I hope they, they have a good reason for why these other characters that we know are not in the film. Yeah. Or where, maybe they craft a story in such a way where they don't need to explain it. But yeah. Yeah, that's no. That's, that's, go ahead. No, no, no. I think that um, they could. They could use they could use the movie um, to mm-hmm. to say something really cool that's not forced. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like this is this is this is a time for them to to find a cool angle to tell a story with these characters. Granted, I don't think it's going to happen in the immediate future. Yeah. But um, when it does happen, or if it does happen. I'm, I'll be here for it because you know we we're in twenty something movies deep at this point. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm definitely like I I'd, I'd love to see it. I I'm really intrigued into who you would use as a villain, and I really don't want their motivation to be something like um you can't do this because you're women. Like that's one of my yeah. biggest gripes about Captain Marvel is that it touts itself as a feminist film, but it's very much post feminist. Because almost none of the characters say hey, you can't do that because you're a woman, because she's OP as shit <laughs> and will punch right. through you. So mm-hmm. I'm like, so that argument makes no sense. So I'm I'm just hoping like the villain of the movie isn't like the patriarchy or closeted misogyny. Not saying that those aren't issues to address. And with, and with her being the most powerful character, I hope they find a story they can tell that utilizes all of these characters within their specific way that only they can contribute to yeah because captain marvel and scarlet witch can do most of the that's the fight yeah all you need is those two and you're done yeah but if they can find a way to make an interesting story with these other characters and i feel like then they should totally go on forward and tell that story make it happen give me tickets make it in 3d take my sister to see it Take my mom, take my sisters to see it. But like, I, I think the pulling from the comic itself would be interesting. So what may bring them together is like protecting this this girl that essentially falls from the sky, and uh, maybe there's some like alien force that's chasing her or something cosmic. You, you have to exactly as you said, you have to justify those two like heavy hitters in there. Even though I think the leader of the team was She Hulk if memory serves and she's getting her own show. So if they're going to weave her into that too, that'd be cool. But like, yeah, that'd be dope. But it's just gotta find, gotta find who it is. I think it'd be funny if it was like, that's how they introduced Dr. Doom in the village. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the A-Force. It's like, Oh, who are all the female Avengers going to fight? Oh, you know, Scarlet Witch and Captain Marvel are pretty strong. You got like the magic chick and the superpower chick. So why not somebody who's both? Uh, <laughs> Doctor Doom. That's how we'll introduce him as the villain of A Force. But yeah, I mean, you have any last thoughts before we move on to almost our main topic? Um, 
I'm I'm down for it. Yeah, get get Doctor yeah. Doom in that in that piece, you know. Yeah. Get Susan Storm in that motherfucker. Yeah, that's, that's not here. Yeah, you can swear. You can say whatever you want. All right, cool. Fuck shit, McDoodlebop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, get that villain. Yeah, fuck Kevin. shit, McDoodlebop in this. <laughs> Put her in the movie. Put her in the movie. I love her. In uh, yeah, you know, you know, you know that you know that one book she in. <laughs> She's a, probably a Spider-Man book, but uh, I think that's enough talking about Marvel. Um, there's a little bit of DC news. We just keep getting more and more announcements of Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> I think if someone had said, like, yo, how many motherfuckers are in this thing? I'm like, right? five parts. It's like, they, it's like, call everybody. Like, I, I hope they're bringing um, their rumors now. They're trying to get Homeboy from Lucifer. Burt Ward's already on set. There's a rumored pick going around of... Uh, Who's my man oh, from Burt Tim Burton? Yeah. <laughs> I said Burt Reynolds or somebody else. I'm like, no, nah, that motherfucker has a mustache. It's not Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can Burt. see how you might get there with the Burt. No, you don't know a lot of Burt's. You got Burt Ward, Burt Reynolds, and Burt from Sesame Street. <laughs> not a lot of Burt's around, walking around society. Name that kid Burt. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's an old ass name. Cause they're that's old an old ass kid. name. There's certain names that I can't see they're for like babies. Shit. Like this yeah. is my baby Scott. This is my baby. Oh, this is my baby Muriel. Muriel, yeah. Is Elga. Gertrude. Bartholomew. It's like Bartholomew. <laughs> Fucking biblical ass name. <laughs> but like every, it, it, it's like for the CW show, they just call everybody. And they picked up. Um, I'm hoping we get to see old school Wonder Woman on there. She's been the president in Supergirl, so it's not like Linda Carter. So it wouldn't be like it's hard to get her. It would it just, not be a stretch. It wouldn't be a stretch. She still looks great. <laughs> She's in great shape. So it wouldn't be hard to do. If they can get Tom Welling to come back, they can get anybody. Exactly. Um, I was saying that though, I think it'd be interesting if instead of, uh, if like maybe after this they do a Kingdom Come movie with Zachary Levi Shazam and uh, Brandon Rouse Superman. I mean, they're probably going to close that character with Crisis. But, like, I don't know. I feel like that dynamic would be great. Because Zachary Levi started on TV, so it's not like he wouldn't come back. Yeah. They have most... I'd imagine those two would have great chemistry with one another. Yeah, I feel like that. I mean, they've been on... I think they were on an episode of Chuck together. Of all fucking Were they really? Apparently, someone found a photo. From, like, season three or four or some shit. Like, yeah, look it up. There's Somewhere out there is a photo of Zachary Levi and and Brandon Routh together on set of Chuck. From, like, years ago. I've never even imagined those two together. Oh, no, no one would. But uh, yeah, I mean, all that is is cool. I mean, do you have any? Do you have anybody that you want to see in the crossover? I think it would be really cool if they crossed over with uh, this the DC Universe shows and had like the Titans in there. Ooh. Or I had mean, like the Doom Patrol in there. Like the Doom Patrol show up. <laughs> uh, uh, Swamp Thing would take their budget. That oh yeah. Be the whole, be the whole shit. Um. But yeah, I don't have any thoughts on Batwoman because I haven't seen it yet, so I have to watch that too. I keep fucking forgetting. I, I hear it wasn't the best, but you know, what do you do? Because Guggenheim does not write women. But anyways, uh, our main DC-related topic is the fucking Joker. You, so you've seen it twice. I've seen it the one time. Yes, I've seen it twice now, and I enjoyed it both times. I enjoyed it the second time more than the first time. 
but both times the first time was really shocking are we are we are we just talking general right now? Are we going into spoilers? We'll talk ge- for let's do like a one minute non spoiler and then we'll go full spoiler because it's been like a week since the movie came out. So that, that is true. And oh, I found the photo of them together. You did? <laughs> I did. I'm like, wow, they're like close to the same height. I mean, I need to see them uh, in a movie together or a show or, or, or an event. Anything. But anything. Uh, but what I thought about Joker is yeah, quick I think it's. Thoughts. Quick non-spoiler thoughts. I think it's a really, it's a really interesting movie. It's really weird. Yeah. Watching it a second time, I realized it's, it's a really, a really slow burn character study that doesn't waste any time to, to tell the story it wants to tell. Because I feel like every scene they show, or nine time, nine out of the t- nine out of ten times during this movie. Every scene they show is essential for the movie and the growth of Arthur's character or the de-evolution of his character. But it's this character study that's also written like how – not necessarily like a comic book, but like it feels kind of cartoony sometimes because mm-hmm. like it's – like some some of the stuff is like really on the nose or like some characters are very um, unrealistic, but it's presented in this realistic sort of dark, gritty tone. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting, but I think it's I, I think that's uh, a testament to like it's it's comic bookiness more so than it's um, more so than it being like a negative of the film, which I really enjoyed. Um, but in in summary, I thought it was a really interesting story. Um, there's some scenes in this movie that are definitely going to be iconic or rewatched going forward mm-hmm. for sure. And um, yeah, I'd watch it a third time. I'd watch. Yeah. I would love. I think I would definitely go back to the experience so I can watch it with somebody who's never seen the movie before. Yeah. yeah. And I guess... Oh, sorry, what about what you? Would, no, I was going to say, what about uh, you? What do you think? Yeah, quick quick thoughts about it. Um, it's... I I agree with you on just about everything. It's a really... It is a really interesting film. Uh, to get it out the way, all of the news and media circus around this was blown completely out of proportion. For absolutely no reason, um, it, but I agree it's it's a character study film. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is really acting his ass off. It was weird because I saw it and I came out. My rating for it went up after <laughs> I saw it. Like when I gave it, like when because I hit you up about it a little bit and I mm-hmm. let it marinate a little bit more and I thought about what you said, so it actually went up. In terms of my ranking, um, so it's a really it's a really well shot, well directed, scores great. Um, there are some weird things with the script, but it's one of those things that is in service of the development of Arthur's character and kind of what those reveal, what those revelations are for him. Like it's it's an intriguing movie. It's something that I think this is weird. I think it works better if you see it with someone because it's it's a really mm-hmm. solid discussion piece of a film definitely i 100 um, agree because like i i saw it with somebody and so now now we can go into full spoilers so and one of the you were curious about my opinion because i work in mental health and so i took somebody who also works at my office um who has never seen any comic book thing like ever she's like i haven't seen oh. batman superman uh, Spider Man. I'm like, God damn, really? Spider Man? You ever yeah, seen Spider Man? Like, oh, Spider Man? Any of the six like, movies? 
Yeah, she's like, none of the Avengers. Um, so we're sitting there, like, watching it the whole time. And and she she thought it was interesting, too. She thought it was good. Um, so that that's a good sign of, in terms of its directions, they can reach just about anybody. And we're, we're full spoilers here, so we can talk about whatever the fuck. Um, but in terms of, like, looking at it from the from the aspect of somebody that, that works with, with people that have, like, experienced, you know, hallucinations, paranoia, depression, anxiety. Um, he definitely had depression. One of many things that he had, he had a bunch of shit, you know, if, if the stuff is to believed about his backstory, like history of abuse and a bunch of trauma and this, that, and third. Um, but when you get the revelation about his character, like, I can't... I didn't walk out the theater being like, well, I have a diagnosis for Arthur Fleck. It, but it was definitely one of those things where looking back at it, I'm like, oh, he was crazy from jump. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that Joaquin Phoenix said that he didn't want Arthur Fleck to be um, diagnosed with any specific sort of disorder by a doctor. I think that's what he was going, his, what it was aiming for. But I feel, I don't know, maybe it, you can take some worked. stuff out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. I don't know what the yeah. fuck he is. <laughs> People with more experience can probably do like a better job at determination. Like, yeah, he he has a fuck ton of symptoms of a bunch of different things. Like, if I mm-hmm. actually had to give it something, it would definitely be some sort of personality disorder because it's a bunch of heavy shit. But like, history of trauma, history of abuse, definitely has depression, um, a bunch of systemic factors that are just very much against him. Um, Sociopath. Yeah, and the and, well, and sociopath, sociopath, and psychopath are always weird because they're not technical diagnoses. They're mm. just. Do you think? Do you think he has narcissistic uh, personality disorder? Um, so they said his mother did in the movie. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know too much about that other, disorder. And that's too, well. Too. That's also one of those other mysteries, is because personality disorders, uh, a, a fair amount of mental health disorders can be passed on genetically. Just by like, you, there's a higher likelihood of you getting it if someone in your family, like direct lineage, probably has it. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I've seen patterns like depression, depression, depression. Oh, guess what you have? Like, <laughs> uh, here's the surprise. But um, in taking into account Arthur Fleck and his weird, fucked up history, and the way, and this is to the credit of the writing of it, you don't exactly know what's true. Mm, yeah because this movie produced a lot of theories jeremy john's video on it i think is really good at addressing a lot of them because it's like which one (laughs) yeah exactly uh like three of them (laughs) yeah i think it was the third one where he was talking about the beliefs because it's like thomas went like and that's what my friend said she's like well what if thomas wayne had enough influence to like change his medical records i'm like fuck the waynes do run gotham (laughs) that hypothetically he could do that because he could be his son but i'm just like but when she says, like, Thomas Wayne's your father, my first thought is, like, did he fuck you when he was, like, 16? Yeah. Like, what was that, that old. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, Arthur is he's not in his 30s. And Thomas Ooh, was not in his 30s. Something else I realized watching it a second time, Thomas Wayne is definitely Donald Trump. Oh, is he supposed to be Donald Trump? <laughs> I'm pretty sure, dude. Like, he was talking about, like, He's this dude that has this rich empire. He's talking to like, he's talk, he's talking about how he wants to help the poor while also like shitting on the poor. And I was like, come on, dude. I don't know. Maybe I just saw those parallels. That's just what I. I may have to I, see it again because you might be. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the argument could be made. The Wayne, the Waynes are a, the Waynes are a hell of a family. Uh, Waynes are a hell of a family. 
What, Except so, for Martha, because she's not a character in this movie. Oh, fuck. I almost forgot she was in this bitch. Right? His and she's gone really, in this movie. Yeah, his mom really was in here to get shot. <laughs> Which somewhat, someone's going to complain definitely. It's like, Martha Wayne got fridged. It's like, Martha Wayne wasn't the focus of the fucking movie. <laughs> so Someone already put out an article. It's like... um. Black women in the Joker are invisible because they're because they're literally invisible. I'm like, get the fuck out of here! Oh my god! I'm like, what? How did it become race? No, no, like that was done for shock value and it worked. Mm-hmm. Because like I was very confused when after murdering those three dudes on the subway station, um, is that he knocks on her door and just immediately goes to making out with her and they have sex. I'm like, bitch, and, you got blood on your mouth. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then just later on, she's like, did you hear about that crazy killer clown guy? That's so weird, but I kind of agree with him. I'm like, did you not put together that he had clown makeup on when you fucked? <laughs> and and then the fucking like, <laughs> Yeah, the fucking And then the reveal is like, it makes yeah, a lot of sense. That explains yeah. why she wasn't in it so much. Everything else starts to add up. You're like, oh. Yeah, watching the first time, I was like, no, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I'm just saying, like, oh, that was something. What, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, watching my first time, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, this, as soon as the scene came on of, like, of her, like, you're following me today. And he's like, yeah. And, and she, I can't remember what he said, but, like, I can come back tomorrow with a real gun. And she was, like, charmed by that. I'm like, who the fuck is this? He's not a real what kind of black person? <laughs> what kind of person? What kind of black person? Bullshit. Bullshit. Um, but oh, but that also brings me to what I was what I was trying to say earlier before we went into spoilers. There's a few examples of of characters being written not like real people, but I was I chalked it up to being more, more comic booky. Like for example, the guys in the sub in the on this train, like singing oh, bring yes. on the clowns. Oh, yeah, I'm like, what kind of like, what kind of Wall Street guys is gonna fuck with a clown and start going to break into musical? Like what the what kind of shit? Like him him dancing on the stage. Oh, the, um, and we can talk about the acting too in a second because that was where initially I felt away, but now like giving it more time to marinate, I'm starting to like fall in line with everybody else is um like the scene of him dancing down the steps and that is actually a point where i noticed this is just a credit to joaquin phoenix's fucking acting this film holy shit um because like we we both act and just mm-hmm. watching like that was a, really what i was really intrigued in to going to the film because everyone's like oscar nominee oscar nominee so him like dancing down the steps where he is fully joker then the cops call him it's like hey you he switches to arthur fleck <laughs> that was a weird observation that I had him like oh that was like that was a different because he like got timid his body language changed and he just took the fuck off that wasn't the Joker Joker was dancing down the steps Arthur Fleck was the one running through the crowd and then they kind of it's like starts to dance with who is more dominant in terms of personality not saying that Ooh, it's you still think the Joker same is another personality well, not another personality. It's the same guy, but it's two different parts of the same guy. Different. So, okay, it's more like, of a persona than a personality. Yeah, it's more of a persona than a personality. So it's okay. like, like Arthur Fleck and the Joker. It's the same guy. They will. Uh, they from the beginning to the end of the movie, they're they're interwoven as a person. It's just one side takes more dominance, and sometimes, and the other side takes more dominance. It's not. Joker's a, I didn't take it as Joker with a separate personality, especially on the game show. Like, I think that was like the full melding of who, like a perfect balance. 
But like when he first started to embrace it, that's a little bit more leaning of like the Joker, the fun loving, the not giving a shit. I got I got scared for that little dude. Uh, when he oh, was in yeah. the apartment, he bashed that guy's head in, and he like the door was locked. He's like, no, I'm I like, like shit. That was the like one moment in the movie I felt sad. I'm like, yo, he didn't do anything to you, man. He's like, oh, just open the door. I'm like. And then he closed it again, and he, he was just, like, oh, no. <laughs> he did a little like, kiss. He was like, you're not going to tell anyone. It's like, I'm not going to tell anyone. Okay. He just lets him go, and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, okay, that was weirdly tense. <laughs> yeah. Especially, I thought it was, it was like, because in a, in, a, in a movie that's just full of, like, tension and darkness, that scene was just, like, it was great. It was, like, it was dark yeah. comedy at its finest. Because he just finishes mashing this dude's head against the wall, and he's like... So I'm going on the Murray show tonight. I'm like, what the fuck? Pretend you did this And then he says he can go. And he goes, whoo! And then he like, scares a little dude. I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's fucked up. That's really. Oh funny. man, that that I I think, weirdly enough, the as 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 low key pretentious as that as that scene was with him going on his little monologue about we live in a society where um, which I thought Arthur's speech style from a nagging perspective, was really interesting. You ever notice that Arthur had, like, has a very... In terms of Joker characterizations, Arthur has a really light voice. Totally. Like, his voice is a lot higher. Higher. Um, his mannerisms are a lot more feminine, I would say. Yeah, he's very flamboyant. He's very flamboyant, like, the dancing, the the makeup, his personality style, the way he speaks. And it, and it could... That could be a product of him also being raised predominantly by a very feminine woman there's nothing wrong with that it's just an observation about how he was portrayed because a lot of the other jokers are a lot more like whimsical but not flamboyant i was like say. classically okay. insane almost mm-hmm. like the classic stereotype like arthur was he he was teetering on the line but he was very flamboyant his like mannerisms very you know hands open he was very emotional at times wavy hands kind yeah of. wavy yeah spoke a lot with his hands his vocal tone was a lot higher um but i think one of my one of the scenes i enjoyed is as i was saying was was the scene on the murray show and like building up to that is so interesting because it's like seeing this build up of the character and then he just he settles into who this like that's the the murray show i think is the apex of when of him really becoming of Arthur Fleck becoming the Joker and embracing who he really is deep down inside mm-hmm. where he just kind of goes. He's like, he's like, I, but then a part of him does come out in that speech. Cause he's speaking from passion. He's like, you know, the world, the world downtrods and beats on the little guy like me. We live in a society as much as I hate hearing that fucking society. Thing cause, society <laughs> cause the damn memes. Um, and I'm like, I understand the point he was going for. He's like, they create the people like me and they awaken this like this. It's like, it's like, and here's the joke, bam. And like, I was surprised at just how they just did that shot flat out. Cause it, it looked so realistic too. It looked great. And they didn't, they don't shoot it in a way where it's supposed to be expected. No, no. So the, they don't mu- like, the music's very tense in that moment. And you're like, what the fuck's going to happen? And like, what did he say? He's, oh, I, I've, I've watched the scene like a bunch of times now just on yeah. YouTube. So he's like, what do you get when you when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that treats him like trash? And his voice like kind of like kind of like a what's it called when like some boys going through puberty? Oh, like cracks. His voice kind of cracks. Like, I'll tell you That's what kinda... you get. 
you get what you fucking deserve. deserve. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. In the most chilling moment, the first time I watched it, I was like, so, so chill by this. Because it looked like a real talk show. He shoots him and then just sits there. He just yeah. sits there and just like and just like rocks his leg. And I'm like, oh, that's so fucking chilling. Yeah. And then he gets up, shoots him again, does like a little dance, and then goes to the camera. He does like a half dance because he's like, there's, yeah. he does this clown dance that he did in the beginning, but he's like, oh, just like just a little, a little small one, just a little teasy dance. And then he's like, goes with the camera, that's life. And then before he finishes, they tackle him down. I'm like, fuck. Like, that's the Joker right there. He's, he, he killed Arthur Fleck when he shot Murray in the head. Yep. Because yep. that was the last of who Arthur Fleck looked up to. Whatever killed, bit of. He let everything go. Exactly. At the beginning of the movie, because he had that sign, everything must go, and everything oh, went. Wow, it's like pottery. <laughs> but yeah, like that's that's just a. I don't know that that I just I really like that scene. I really like a lot of the ways he shot. But um, I guess talking about the acting, uh, and the and he's been getting just critical praise, and everyone's saying you know this is definitely going to be Oscar nominated. Um, for a variety of categories, I can imagine. But I guess, like, speaking is, is people that are, like, uh, <laughs> are uh, uh, rising actors, I guess is a way to phrase it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have our own thing that we're trying to get into. Because getting into, <laughs> get into movies is hard. It's really fucking hard. Yeah. Especially where I'm at. Um, <laughs> but I initially, I was really critical of it. And then after talking with you and giving it a little time to marinate, I'm kind of on board with what everyone else is saying about it because I I think what was hindering it for me is because a lot of the things that um, I think, this may be just because of my personal bias. I I freely admit, I'm not a big Joker person. Always ironic because I love Harley Quinn. But... (laughs) But at the same time, I always say that, like, what makes the Joker great is good writing and good acting, which Jared Leto had none. But uh, <laughs> but um, Joaquin Phoenix had both of it. And so, like, observing it from an acting perspective, like, I think, you know, at the acting uh, from Lupita Nyong'o and Us from this year, that was great. Amazing. The acting from, um, ah, damn it, what is the name of the guy that plays Professor X in Split? Split wasn't a good movie, but um, oh, James McAvoy. McAvoy. Mm-hmm. Another great Fantastic. acting performance from this year. Like, regardless of how bad the movie was, he, he still always does well. And I think there's another one of those performances where I can understand. I may not 100% be on board with it, but I understand it. Because looking at that, um, I wasn't sucked in the entire time, but it was enough to even looking at it from an acting perspective, I'm like, that takes a lot of, mm-hmm. like, almost subconscious like decision work like his vocal tonality alone like vocal tone mannerisms his like body language the way he acted the differences between arthur fleck and the joker in embracing this character the way he acted and engaged around different people while being social the laugh to the point where you would know hear that hoarseness because it would be painful for him it's crazy watching him walk around Gotham in the beginning of the movie versus how he walks at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Completely different, totally confident, shoulders back, strut and like power in his walk as opposed to the guy who's been weighed down by by the mistreatment society. of the world. By society. Yeah. I, I like the mistreatment of the world better. <laughs> but like I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is yeah. In fact, uh 
because <laughs> because I'm working on a short film. Um, the the director told one of the person who's playing a one of the performers to like emulate some of that body language that Joaquin Phoenix had done in his movies because apparently he also has like scoliosis or something, which is like which I'm like, huh, poor guy. But <laughs> your 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 co-star is or Joaquin. Uh, Joaquin. Really, I did not know that. I, I heard. Um, it, it, I, th- I think it's true. Um, but yeah, like just looking at, he looked malnourished in this movie too. I won't even oh, try. for sure. He lost fifty like, pounds for the role. Yeah, like goddamn. <laughs> which is uh, which is something I just love is him. People like him, Christian Bale. Um, what's his name? Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, their McConaughey. commitment to their craft to like to drop weight for a role like just like that, you know, because they have such master control over their body, huh? Motherfuckers trying to make it look easy too. Like, bro, you were in Magic Mike, and now you're playing like this poor aged trans woman in a movie. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, just like this aged cowboy guy, and like just drop hundreds of pounds. Like, what? And then Christian Bale with his like get skinny, get buff, get fat, get skinny again. I'm like, bro, you were like fucking your body up, but I commend you on your discipline. That can't be any sort of healthy. Mm Mm-mm. But um. I don't know. Do we have any other thoughts? Because what I what I want to go into next is actually very much tied into this. Oh, I want to talk about the writing. Okay, yeah, let's the talk writing about the writing. Was, the writing was interesting in this movie. Yes. Because some of it was smart, but some of it was like kind of dumb too. But like in a comic book kind of way, just so we can further the story. I think oh, like the prime the example. Thing at the end? <laughs> no, not the Batman thing. I actually liked the Batman thing. I, but... I liked it too. I thought that was where it was going to end, and the, it that. Jeremy Johnson, there are like four points in the end where it could have ended and it didn't. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, and you can like pick them all. No, I don't think Stuckman said one too, but I think what or Stuckman, yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind when I think of dumb writing is when Arthur goes to the hospital and then we get that cameo from uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Oh and yeah. Then, and like, then he like he just reads out the file. Like I'm like, bro, you like you work in a medical facility. You can't just do that shit. Like you can't just, that's true. just like, open up someone's fucking information and just like display it out like an open like that. And, and like, tell him to. And tell him. I'm like, yeah, like nobody like, would this, do that. This motherfucker could be anybody. Like <laughs> Exactly. I was like, I mean, I guess Arthur just had to know for this for the story, but I was like, all right, that's cool. And then uh what was the other the other one that kind of bothered me? Um not the the Thomas Wayne. I thought it was kind of convenient that he would just tell him oh, like everything at the urinal? to know. Yeah, at the urinal. Yeah. Um. And then, like I said, the the here comes the clown kind of thing. Oh, but some sorry, just to backtrack to that to the acting because I want to when you're talking about his performance, I wanted to yeah, yeah. say this. Um, you can see the the transformation from Arthur Fleck to the Joker, and. They said he became the Joker because he had a lot of head trauma when he was younger. And I feel like every time he got hit in the head or every time he would dance, it would take him further into that, the mode of the Joker. Because after he killed those guys, he danced. No, after he got the gun, he did his little dance. Yeah, he was in, in the bathroom with our whatever the fuck that was. He's in, no, he's in his living room, then he shot the gun. Oh, yeah, he's the living room one and then the subway. Yeah, the subway, then he's in the bathroom dancing, yeah, and then he, I think he did it like a couple more times. He was he, dancing. He did it. He did it quite. He was, he was a dancing machine in that movie. But he was. But the thing I wanted to to say about the dancing as well is that every time he would dance, he would dance for himself. Aside of when he was dancing for his job in the clown uniform, every time he was dancing, he was doing it for 
by himself oh. in the privacy of his own home. When right. he became the Joker, that's the first time he was dancing in public for himself. And it started out with the movie started out with him dancing for an audience. Now yeah. he's dancing just for him. He's only telling jokes for him. He doesn't care about the opinion of the world. He's he's out to make himself laugh, yeah. which is very much in tune with the Joker. Yeah, and uh, you you just reminded me of the beginning of the movie with the shittiest children. This would be God. Shittiest shows on earth. This would be Shittiest children of all time. It's like, oh, we're going to steal a sign from a clown on a street. And then not only that, break it and beat. This motherfucker got kicked in the stomach a lot. (laughs) The line of the year goes to the kid. Yeah, kick him. Kick him more. Yeah, it's like, who are you? He got got jumped by like four or five kids in an alleyway. (laughs) Motherfucker, who hurt you? Like, who told you this was okay? Yeah, I'm like. I'm like, what, what the fuck happened in y'all's lives where it's like, we're going to fuck this clown up today. We're going to take cl- too kindly to clowns in Gotham. And then on the subway, the dr- three drunk motherfuckers. Yeah, let's beat him while he's down. Like, what the shit? Yeah, like, or Gotham really is a show. Rapists. Yeah. Yeah, like these, these low-key potential rapists. And then the worst children is like, wow. I mean, I'm not saying I agree with anything Arthur did, but shit, you, we should have seen this coming. Like, I also feel like the film didn't make it it didn't make it hard for Arthur to make the decisions he wanted to to make. Everything every scenario they put him in made it easy it's for him to make down. that turn. Yeah, make it easy cuz cuz they never presented him with any like tricky or hard situations like Yeah. He killed his mother real rips. fast. Oh yeah. He <laughs> killed his mother real fast. <laughs> sleep, 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 bitch. Sleep. <laughs> And like no nurses came or anything. No nurses, no, no, like, like, no one questioned. Like she sleep. Like I see the pillow in your hand. Like we can hear the flat line. Like I know it's eighty two. The technology's not what it is now, but nonetheless, like she was hitting the button, if I recall. This motherfucker would not have gotten away with this movie today. If it was made no, in twenty nineteen, he would have yeah. not made it as far as he this, did. This definitely could only work as a period piece. <laughs> yeah, like him. This movie would have ended right with him shooting those guys in the in the subway. Cameras <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> We got him. Yeah, because they got cameras all in the bitch. People have phones. Uh, it's like, what the hell is this fucking clown running at 10 p.m.? <laughs> See, running to a bathroom apartment. stall. Yeah. Some heroin addict getting his dick sucked in the stall. <laughs> Trying to masturbate in here. Shut the fuck up with all that dancing. It's like, shut up. <laughs> what? What? Shit. I got the gun still. Like, you can oh, hear- also... Someone pointed out to me that he shot nine rounds when he only had six bullets. That's what, okay, I'm, I'm not the only one that noticed that. No, no. It's like, because when he was on, it was on the train and it like threw me off. I'm like, that's a, re-. I'm like, he had a revolver. Revolvers have at best, like maybe seven rounds if one's already in the chamber. Mm-hmm. And it's like, cause it was like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven miss, eight miss. And like nine for that, for like for the last one, I'm like, he didn't reload. He never reloaded the whole because we see him, so we mm-hmm. never see him like unless he's a wizard and just magically did it. But was one we didn't we he didn't have any other bullets as far as we knew. He didn't reload, so this motherfucker had a nine barrel revolver <laughs> killing people on the track. I don't know where he got that shit. Only in Gotham. <laughs> Only in Gotham do you have like a six barrel revolver that shoots nine bullets. But yeah, I did. I did notice that when I saw it, I was confused. I'm like, that was that definitely seemed like a couple more shots than six. And he had a revolver. <laughs> this gun oh, hits different. 
<laughs> this gun hits different when it's civil disobedience. <laughs> it's different in a society. Pa, 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 pa. Oh, man. Making them sounds, making that music. That music was dope, too. That music was really... I'll give him credit. That movie... That music was damn good. No surprise. Yeah. Fucking... Like, it, it wrote... Did you know that in the music in the movie, they, um... So Todd Phillips sent the composer the script, and then she mm-hmm. made the music from the script. Oh, wow. Holy yeah. shit. That's amazing. And then, and then they listened to the music on set, and when Arthur is dancing, every time he's dancing, he's listening to the composer's music as he's he's doing his moves. It explains a lot, but wow. It's kind of... An, that's incredible. Holy shit. Right? Huh. I don't know, man. This... So one might nab a few Oscars against my better judgment. That's the that's the weirdest shit too. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know, but we'll we'll go more into that in in a minute. But um, so you have any any last thoughts about this? Because what we're going into is like tangentially related. Okay, uh, give Joaquin an Oscar, or at least give him a nomination. Give, him a, uh, yeah, give that he, composer, he, give that composer a nomination as well. Yeah, cinematographer might get one too. Honestly, this yeah. is a very well shot. Yeah, those those Very three well those three are definite nominees. Like even against my better like inhibitions, he, he gets a nomination for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 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 annoyed by what Todd Phillips has been saying on Twitter, but Joaquin he he did great. He did great. fantastic. Um, but like what was tangentially related? Uh, like clearly we both recommend this movie, but you also mentioned Taxi Driver, King of Comedy. So recently, Martin Scorsese. The man himself, the the legend, uh, came out uh, saying that he's not really into Marvel movies, which is fine. And that's certainly his uh, prerogative. He's allowed to think that. Uh, the internet got big mad. I actually have a photo that my the, my uh, homegirl sent me of Martin Scorsese. It says, Ho's mad, ho's mad on the top and the bottom. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk about that because I think it was a really interesting conversation piece in terms of like the the argument he was making and i think it's really a testament not just to a generational difference but in terms of how scorsese views cinema because one of the things i I brought up to her because she's she's not really big into comic book movies either so she was definitely on his side i'm definitely of the proponent i'm like i understand what he was saying but i don't fully agree with it um what do you say? He said, oh, in regards to Marvel films, he says, I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them as well-made as they are with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances as theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. And when I thought about that, one of the questions I had for her, and she honestly would be wondering as well, she's like, I said, so would he like any sort of well-regarded family or children films like Land Before Time, Toy Story, because I feel like those are films that accomplish what he wants or what he regards as cinema, but they're not his type of cinema. And I, I don't I can't, go ahead. I think I don't think he would watch them. I don't think I, he, I don't think he would, and I don't think he'd view them in the same regard either. For, for Based off of his comments, I don't think he would view it as as equal equal cinema. Despite it getting, yeah. some of these films getting the rewards and recognition that they have, I don't yeah. think that he would give it a chance. I don't think I don't think he would. And 
And so, like, looking at this, the the reason I kind of don't agree um, is that at least I can say at least there are at least four Marvel movies. I'm not going to say even half of them achieve what he would define as cinema. But mm. I would, um, and, and what I want to, you know, there's another conversation to this that I kind of want to have, too, um, involving the concept of, like, because he, he was a, a producer on The Joker, I believe. Because like yeah. so, so hence a lot of the similarities to a lot of his films is Todd Phillips is a fan. Um, I'd say Iron Man actually is kind of a character study. It's lighter in terms of tone, but I think it still does kind of analyze that character. I'd say Black Panther is a more cultural, and I think Black Panther and then the two, the last two Avengers movies, are all kind of navigations of them in different ways. Um, there's a really good Forbes article that somebody put out and I'll, I'll probably send it to you or post it somewhere um that talks about why he why this guy his guy the contributor's name is travis bean why he disagrees with it and he kind of put it down to the way that um marvel ends up taking their direction with film so it's not so much that it's not cinema it's the way that they portray their own type of genre movies because they're all genre movies mm -hmm. every single comic book movie is or TV show is a, is a genre in itself. Right. But comic books uh, have as much diversity as any other form of literature. So when it comes to adapting them, that type of film is equally limitless, is equally limitless. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm looking at it, I, I feel like, and it, we also don't know what movie or movies he saw. And if they're not for him, they're not for him. But I also think he is from a different generation of filmmakers. But Definitely. I also feel bad for people that have been inspired by Scorsese, like James Gunn or Joss Whedon or what have you, because I feel like and Jennifer Aniston came out, too, and said that, you know, she's like, Marvel movies are messing up cinema. And everyone's like, shut the fuck up. Like, Who asked you? <laughs> I hate to say it, but like, no, no one really, no one sees, she's not on the same level as Martin Scorsese. And what I kind of see it as is Martin Scorsese being critical of this and why everyone's in a tizzy right now is because it's like, imagine that really successful uncle that you have and you make a piece of art and your parents like it and your friends like it, but he's that uncle that you really look up to, that uncle that you really aspire to be like, he's inspired you, he's been there his whole life and you show it to him and he's like, it's not bad. It is leaves right. and like nothing more, nothing less. He's like, not bad. You know, probably not what I would have done, but you know, go ahead. That must hurt. I mean, it hurts. It will sting. Put some aloe vera on it. <laughs> yeah, like that's why Ho's mad. And it's different for someone like Jennifer Aniston, who it's like, you know, friends, people like her as an actress. She seems like a nice woman, solid actress, but not on the same level as Scorsese. She seems like, you know, the cool sister. It's like, it's I'll like, make a bet. I'm going to make a bet. She's going to end up in a comic book movie sometime in the next five years, and then people are going to pull up these comments. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What did you say? <laughs> what did you say? I mean, same yeah. thing happened with Natalie Portman. They brought her back. Probably gave her a dump truck of money, but she's back now, too. I don't think she shat on comic book movies, though. Did she? I think, she, I think it was after Thor, too, because she had a bad experience with it. But she's back now, so I guess... Oh, I don't know. Well, I wanted to get your thoughts on this whole Scorsese situation, because, like, there's, there's a lot to kind of discuss for it. Um, even, like, Sam Jackson and Robert Downey Jr., I think, had comments on it. Um, they did, they did. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up Sam Jackson, but you you go ahead. I mean, what are your thoughts? I think I think Scorsese you probably watched one of the worst comic book movies and then made his decision from there. Um, but <laughs> watch him in the watch too. Well, oh God, 
Oh, that fucking movie. Um, <laughs> I think he, she, I wouldn't be surprised. But no, he watched. Um, he watched something, but I don't know. I think which I agree with your sentiments of saying that Iron Man is definitely a character piece. I think, in some ways, in a lot of ways, if they didn't retcon it and they and they wanted to make it a more personal ending, I think Iron Man three can be considered a character piece. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Because he's dealing with yeah, his, P- his PTSD. Dealing with his PTSD, and it's more about him rediscovering himself as a man than it yeah. is him as an as a superhero. Um, I personally like that movie. I don't give a fuck what anybody say. Um, even the Mandarin, even the Mandarin isn't real. I, I, Spoilers I for back now, but five years ago. Yeah. Um, but no, I I think that in some regards, in some cases of film, I understand where he's coming from. But I don't yeah. think you can overgeneralize and say that this entire genre is not something that's worth being considered cinema. Because there are some very well made, very well done comic book films. Logan is a great movie. Is a great Logan. Film. Oh man. I sometimes I forget how Logan is the only time I think in film where I got paternal instinct. Didn't even know that shit existed. <laughs> and it was it was spoilers for Logan, I guess, but when at the end when he died and she was crying and she said daddy, I'm like, oh, oh my heart. Oh, it like poo. I'm like, oh, oh my Don't god! Don't do it to me. <laughs> it that hurt. Um, and so, and he and he's just like, I think he's specifically referring to like MCU movies, but a lot of people took it as comic book movies as a medium because, like, Spielberg has come out and said that you know superhero films, which people conflate superhero with comic book films, which isn't true because The Boys is a comic book show, but mm-hmm. it's not exactly you know, superhero aspects. They're supporting characters, but it's not really about them. There's a I Zombie is comic book. Um, fucking Lucifer, comic book. Uh, what was it called? Red with Bruce Willis, comic book. Comic the book. Losers, comic book. Like The Kitchen. The Kitchen. <laughs> I comic didn't see that. Do you see comic? Constantine, comic book. Like there's shit ton. Um, there'd be more movies you that are comic book movies that you would never know. Than you would. People didn't know for the longest time that Blade was a comic book movie. Yeah. Sin City's a comic book. For better or for worse. Yeah, but to that point, I think Scorsese um, was was overgeneralizing, and I feel like a lot of the MCU movies kind of aren't. I wouldn't say Ant-Man and the Walk is a character piece. I wouldn't no. say Far From Home is a character piece. No. Um, I wouldn't even say really homecoming. Like a lot of the movies that I like aren't would not fit his his definition of cinema. But I also feel like there are some that do. I I think in turn. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're speaking. Go ahead. <laughs> I cut you off. No, no. I mean, granted, a lot of them aren't what he would consider to be character pieces. But I don't think if something is necessarily a character piece means it's it's necessarily an indicator of its quality as a mm-hmm. film. And maybe hey, I'll take. That's his taste, you know. That's his opinion on it. Yeah. Um, though I do feel it's it's um, a not totally informed opinion. It's it's his yeah. opinion nonetheless. And I feel like someone's gonna make that film or show him that film that's gonna prove him wrong one of these days. Yeah, and I mean Sam Jackson said everybody's got an opinion, so I mean it's okay. Uh, ain't gonna stop nobody from making movies, which is true. And I think. Part of the thing is for a lot, because even like James Cameron has come out in the past 
and said he's not really big into him. Steven Spielberg said it. It's a lot of it's a lot of the old guard that have made you know films that like we can't say they weren't influential. They were definitely influential. Like Spielberg made Jurassic Park. That's one of my favorite films of all time. Definitely like at least top ten, if not top five. Um, and so it's one of those things where like it hurts, but I also think it's a generational thing because of how Marvel produces their movies. And the types of people they bring on for it, like casting and stuff aside, um, director wise, like they give they give their directors control, but they don't give them like 100 percent, I think, like a lot of these directors would prefer. And so mm-hmm. when the like the speed at which Marvel products are coming out and it's it's factory like. But mm-hmm. I think that's more of a credit to how Kevin Feige runs his ship. He runs a tight ship. Because, like, the traditional movie-making process is one at a time. Do you think that because of that tight, that quote-unquote tight ship, do you think that's an, a something that deters or lessens the quality because they are trying to get it out on this, this shortened schedule? Because um, I feel like, for me personally, I feel like with movies like Captain Marvel, Far From Home, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp 2, every... Everything as of late outside of Black Panther and the Avengers films hasn't really been up to par as far as great films about characters. Yeah, and, and Far From Home, so I, I found out, I think, from uh, Midnight Sedge that apparently Sony hired those writers. Sony hired the really? directors. Sony hires, like, the cat. Like, Marvel plays a, a role in, like, giving the money and funding for that, but I think the actual creative executive control is Sony. So the things that everybody loves and hates about the, the home movies, including all the Tony Stark bullshit, that's Sony. <laughs> Up there. Mm. If, if, if what I've heard is believed to be true. So I'm like, oh, huh. That, that leads with a lot of questions, but it's a different conversation. That aside, um, in terms of, like, the quality and tight shit, I think... I think it comes down to the talent that is being picked more so than how it is being manufactured. Because all these movies from announcement to release have about a two and a half to three year turnaround. Um, And like traditional directing, like even uh, Tarantino put out what his ninth or 10th movie recently. And he's been in the game for like two decades. Right. And like in one decade, Marvel's put out probably almost double that. Uh, for real, for real. Yeah, like in terms of production wise, but it's also like that's one guy writing the scripts, doing it all by himself. Marvel, that's a team, and you have access to all of Disney's resources. You have access to like, you have access to fucking ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, all these like effect companies. You you can like flip through a guidebook of up and coming directors or looking at who has potential or or who doesn't. But um, they're basically limitless. Yeah, they're essentially limitless. So. I think in terms of the the way they run their ship, even though we see it as like a factory thing, I don't, I still believe that there is a lot of thought that goes into it. Because even when we see like the art books that come out and the discussions about what is or isn't cut or changed in scripts, like remember how if Spider-Man had not been in Civil War, they would have used a lot more Ant-Man and probably Black Panther because mm-hmm. that, that's just what they would have done or like the, the plant, the different alterations of Infinity War. So they take time to do it, but and, and I'm not saying it isn't like tight, but you still have like three like three years to you know get a crew, assemble it, write a script, do a movie. Like it's a it's not a rapid turnaround. It's not like a nine month turnaround start to finish. Like it's still all that pre production is still 
a good year and some change. But I think these directors come from an age of just full liberty where the only people they butt heads with are the overarching businesses themselves. So like issues with like Alien and Predator and like the directors butting heads with them and release or like Blade Runner and like the directors cut for all of those. But like Marvel, no, they're working cohesively together. Um, and it's like, you know, we will give the directors a lot of control, but only so you will get 85%. These directors come from the age of you get 100% because you get to tell the story that, that you 100% want to tell. These directors, you tell the story that for the most part you want to tell, but it still has to kind of fit into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts about it? Um. As far as uh, as far as like the direction of the going and yeah, like the direction and the the type of control and like the comparisons between like what is and isn't cinema, essentially. Because I don't think rapid production means you're 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 not cinema, but I mean like. I mean, not not necessarily. I feel like if we're still talking about Martin Scorsese's definition yeah. of cinema, I don't feel as of late Marvel is necessarily lived up to that definition i don't yeah. think it's aside from think, maybe endgame but yeah i feel like marvel's more focused on i no, i take that back i was gonna say they're more focused on like events and, and mystical things but i feel like i feel like hawkeye is gonna be a character piece especially with yeah, this longer form show. it's it's interesting to see how they can go forward uh, now that they've introduced this new sort of medium in which they can tell these stories that add to this yeah. bigger expanded universe. And Marvel now having the access to put out longer form content, I feel like it can really be a testament to the types of stories they can tell and how deep they can go within their characters. And hopefully, hopefully that'll live up to Martin Scorsese's standards. I mean, granted, like, like he, like he's the ultimate test tester of like what what yeah. good movies is. But I don't know. I feel like they, if anything, has the, the potential to change his mind on those things. I feel like it would be those sort of properties. Yeah, and it, it seems like Marvel's getting a lot more experimental in the future. But I do got to say, when you mentioned you know the shows and whatnot, because because Hawkeye is going to be a streaming show. I think a show that's actually a really good example of a more Scorsese style uh, thing, Daredevil. Yes, definitely. 100%. That is definitely a character exploration of Matt Murdock and the decisions that he makes in his life. Even the lackluster parts of season two, that whole stretch of like, that's a that's an amazing superhero show. That's an amazing mm-hmm. comic book show. That mm-hmm. is- It doesn't feel like a comic book show. Yeah, it, and like, it has comic book aspects and I, oh, I totally. do wish, I wish it had more, but at the same time, that, looks at the psychological, the cultural aspects of Matt Murdock being a Catholic pro bono lawyer who wants to deliver swift justice. Yeah, it has a lot of cool fight scenes and stuff like that. But um, I think that is a very more cinematic experience that's a lot more in tone with Scorsese's idea of cinema. And like, there's there's no one person that can define what cinema is, but at the same time, it's Martin Scorsese. Everybody respects the fuck out of Martin Scorsese, despite the fact that he's a shark tail. <laughs> Did he? Oh yeah, he was a voice in Shark Tale. That's right. That was that's my one rebuttal. I'm like, yeah, but you know, he made he made Shark Tale, so he may not always say the best things. Um, he may not always make the best decisions. But like all jokes aside, like yeah, 
I respect him. He's allowed to have that opinion about it. Um, it, it but it's also like it, it is disheartening because he's definitely like a hero to a lot of the people that make these Marvel movies and that enjoy the movies that they do make. And so, you know, Uncle Marty's just like, all right, kind of a fast food product, but it's okay. It's not like, it's not like this thing I made, but you know, it's good. Good job. You made an electric car. I drive well, an old Chevy. <laughs> well, when you over one day, Uncle Marty, one of these days. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Uncle Marty, Uncle Stevie, uh, I was joking with my friend. I'm like, can you imagine if Quentin Tarantino did a Marvel movie? <laughs> I would, I would like that. I don't know who we, yeah. he would do, but I, I would be. Moon Knight. <laughs> Moon Knight. Quentin Tarantino. Moon. Actually, Quentin Tarantino. Moon Knight might be really fucking good. He's actually a solid action director, if memory serves. Mm. Remember Kill Bill? Oh yeah. You, and you Django. In Django, you get him with a proper cinematographer. Quentin Tarantino's Moon Knight might be pretty damn good. But, I don't uh, know his history of his cinematographers. Does he does he just keep the same one or does he switch it up? I don't know. I got I got to look back at it too because I don't know either. Um, yeah, shit, I definitely can't remember. I still need to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But like the last thing I want to talk about that's also is just the concept of comic book movies as character studies because after seeing this and, and all this discussion, it really made me think. I'm like, what Marvel characters could you do in a movie? Um, so probably not a TV show, something shorter form that would be effective character studies. And I actually kind of struggled with how you would handle that. Like a couple came to mind. I'm like, you could, you could probably do one with Spider-Man, but you'd have to have him be in a different, like, I feel like with where the MCU one is, you would radically change his tone to, to Oh, you to have to, tone. you yeah. have to, you have to overhaul that whole tone. Uh, like, Black Widow, maybe like I'm. It's I actually kind of struggle to think about like who could you really do as a character study? Hulk. That, like, you Hulk, Banner. Yeah, Hulk is a character study. That'd Which be I think is apparently what Ed Norton wanted to do had he stayed on, but Ed Norton also seems like he was kind of crazy when he was running like a Nolan-esque one, a Nolan-esque yeah. version of the Hulk. Yeah, really like interesting. I'm trying to think. I'm like, can the MCU not not like Fox stuff, but like the MCU itself have almost a tonal uh equivalent on par with the quality and and freedom that the joker had and i said this as a joke uh but i kind of want to see it now is ava duvernay directing x-men interesting why you say that uh because ava duvernay uses her movies as as a commentary of social politics uh, effectively for the for the most part except for wrinkle in time but the X-Men is about social politics and acceptance. Because, like, when they brought him back, it was supposed to be an allegory for homophobia. The original X-Men were an allegory for racism. What does Ava DuVernay love to talk about? <laughs> racism <laughs> and like, systemic prejudice. So, like, and she was originally tapped to do Black Panther. Uh, oh, but, yeah. Like, huh. And now she's doing New Gods at DC, I think, for 2021, 22. But I'm thinking she might not actually be a bad choice for X-Men. I just, I'm like, where the fuck would she take that movie? Would be my thing. She would definitely, like, especially with Storm being on the X-Men, too, and we have Black Panther now. So if, whether or not Ryan Coogan decides to use it for Black Panther 2, who knows? But having Storm be, probably be the leader on Ava DuVernay's X-Men, played by some fantastic, beautiful black woman who I probably don't know yet, but 
<laughs> I don't know. I feel like if you like that would be a really interesting way to navigate understanding the human condition because she's she's actually pretty good at that. I think that was a good thing. Like with Selma that exposed a lot of the realities about Dr. King that we didn't realize. Same thing with, I didn't watch um, Now They See Us because we're black men in America. I can just turn on the news. Um, so, <laughs> but like, uh, I do think it was an important me- piece of media and a piece of history for a lot of people to understand. So like, she knows how to lean heavily into this type of shit. So I would be, I'd be interested if Kevin would just like give her free rant. It's like, Go ahead. <laughs> do what you do what you will. Yeah, but I feel like he'd still have kind of a little hand over where he want that to go. He'd be like, okay, you got to involve the Brotherhood of Evil, or you got to involve. Um, he'd have guidelines for sure. He would. He always has guidelines. I think loose guidelines, but guidelines nonetheless. Yeah, and I think that's and that's how he he runs the ship. He's like, you can tell the story you want to tell, but you know, you got to have these couple things involved in it or alluded to. Um, and it's like, and you're good. Like, I'm sure he has notes for supervisory, supervisory notes and he's on sets and everything. Like he's, he's an active participant for his movies, which is good as a producer. But like, I think Ava DuVernay's X-Men maybe one. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other characters that could have intriguing, like internal studies. She-Hulk might actually be one, but she's getting a show. So yeah. in terms of like actual She-Hulk films, could be one. Um, Scarlet Witch, but she's also getting a show. Yes. Yeah, so, so she's getting a show, but like being able to try and understand the human condition so achieving this idea of cinema like can which i feel like x-men would actually be a pretty good one where you could pull off a a type of character exploration and social commentary from the perspective of the oppressed Um, i think it depends on what take you use for it but i think jessica drew could be a good one too yeah yeah uh if she if she had gotten her own movie that would actually be a really good one now that I think about it, because her being a former superhero who is also a survivor of like domestic and sexual abuse. It's a very dark, <laughs> tragic story. Maybe she gets pregnant in the movie. Yeah, and then like some like something, something abortion. Um Would they use her name though? Could they use her name? Probably could. I don't know if they'd use the character, but they definitely use the name if they wanted to. Cause Sony but, cause Sony owns Spider Woman. No, they don't. Marvel owns them. They have Spider Woman. They, but they use Spider Woman in in uh, what's it called? Miles movie. They called they called Gwen Spider Woman. Well, yeah, I mean they um, they own they own the character like her her name. So, I want to say Sony has Gwen Stacy. Marvel has Jessica Drew. But I think they can both use Spider Woman. But I think they, it depends on the context. Okay. Because Spider Gwen was invented after like the long after the Spider Man deal went through. Right, right, right. She was created versus during the what? Uh, Spider Verse, right? The 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 event Spider Verse. Yeah. In the comics. Okay. But then in the early two thousands, they used um, Jessica Drew in the Clone Saga as Spider Girl or as Spider Woman. You good? Yeah, it says you're frozen. It said you were frozen on my end. Okay. Yeah, it's still going. But yeah, you yeah, we're talking about a Spider Woman real quick. But yeah, I'm I'm wondering like can the MCU I'm wondering if the MCU could pull off a, a film quality on the level of like the Joker or the Dark Knight or even Logan. Um and is there I any, think Is there any Marvel villain movies you want to see? Doom. 
for sure. Doctor Doom would be one. Um, maybe a Dark Avengers with with Norman Osborn because you you essentially almost introduce kind of a anti hero type thing. So it makes you. I feel like that's a good way to explore ethical quandaries because it's like they're doing good, but what are the what is the line between good and evil? Right. With them. It's like they have the Avengers name and we recognize them. And it's like, let's say they're like, they're cracking down crime, but they're beating these villains into hospitals. <laughs> I yeah. think uh, Doc Ock could be an interesting one. Yeah, that, that could be one. Because um, he was, I mean, no, that might be too similar to Joker's origin. Because he was like, he was bullied a lot as a kid. His mom well, maybe. was like very overbearing. His dad yeah. was abusive. Maybe and the then, lizard. Because he, he okay, really doesn't Connors. get enough exposure. Kirk Connors, because he's he's a war veteran too, in, mm. in some versions of this. Um, and that's partially how he lost his arm, but he's also like a man of science, a man that wants to protect his family, trying to do anything also to like cure his disability. So you could also explore the lives of the disabled. So you could do that as a character study too. Right. Um, but then that would also <laughs> mean Cranston. that so <laughs> be cool with that. But that would also mean that Sony would have to have competent writers and. Uh, track history is kind of iffy with that. Oh, come on, Sony. Come on, Win Sony's. But yeah, like as far as MC movies, like it's, I don't know. It, it's striking that fine line of doing what is traditionally seen as like artistic filmmaking, but also being able to appeal to broader audiences. Because Kevin Hart, I almost called him Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hart's plan for the MCU. Uh, Kevin Feige has mentioned before that he's like he likes to make movies that emotionally affect people, and while also like staying within this larger continuity. He he literally said that you know he makes films for for mass appeal, which is good, and I I think that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that type of filmmaking. I, I'm just wondering if there's a way to balance that more artistic nature to it too. Because I mean. Some of the cinematographers in the past have been really good. Like, Endgame had some really great shots in it. Oh, yeah. Especially in the third act. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, it's not like without the... It's not like they haven't had bad cinematographers, bad directors, bad effects people. It's just, like, fully leaning into that, uh, whether or not if that's something they can do and if there's a way to strike that balance between doing, like, like a Scorsese-level film or a Tarantino-level film or a Spielberg or a James Cameron-tier film where you give them, where you somehow have freedom as a director that can follow, like, where there's just that perfect symmetry mm -hmm. almost, where, like, you do everything you want to do as a director and as a cinematographer and, like, with music and everything, but you still fall in line with, like, this cinematic universe and these expectations from the producer. I'm just wondering if that's even possible. It almost seems like kind of crazy. A little bit. <laughs> I hope I hope they get they'd be able to to do something though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, what are, what are your thoughts about all that? And then we can. Um. Marvel movies are diminishing the industry. First of all, madam, you do movies with Adam Sandler. Don't talk to me about <laughs> diminishing the industry. Come on, Aniston. Come on, Aniston. Aniston. <laughs> Anistony. Um. But I think that um, we got to see the evolution of these of these properties, you know. And I think we will. Uh, I know Kevin Feige is trying to trying to mass mass produce, you know. But hopefully, over time, that'll become 
they'll become widely accessible to the audience while also touching their heartstrings even even more you know i feel like with with joker coming out and i think it again changes the game of the kind of movies that we can see um and it was a slow progression you know like deadpool introduced like rated r movies can be successful and widely open Mm -hmm. Uh, no sorry with guardians because they're like we can make a property that people don't know popular and then like deadpool they're like oh we can make a rated r property property uh popular Mm-hmm. That and and then Logan and now Joker and then I'm excited to see what happens from any of these studios as to what they can bring now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel about the situation. Amen. Won't he do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think the last thing is just to say that um, I, th- I think also, and this is one of the things that I told my friend. I'm I'm just like I think another thing is. I don't think jealous is the right word, but I think a lot of directors are annoyed because the majority of the film-going populace probably won't be going to see their movies as much unless you're, like, one of these big names. Like, two of my biggest regrets in 2018 were uh, not seeing Annihilation and Sorry to Bother You in theaters. I, Mm. I just accidentally didn't get around to it. But I definitely showed up, like, day one for all those Marvel movies. And... And Armin points this all the time out uh, over at CBC that like families together only go to the theater like four times a year. And so if you're Marvel and you put out three movies a year, that one slot is luck of the draw for anyone else. Mm, you think so? You think Marvel is taking away these opportunities for these smaller films? I don't think they're intentionally doing. Uh, like, oh no, of course not. But but like they're Disney. They have more pull. Like the number, I think Disney's putting out what nine films alone this year, maybe twelve. Yeah. If we count up everything that they own, it's like it's it's a crazy amount. But then you have like all these other smaller movies. Like Shazam's probably one of my top three movies of this year. Um, comic Pretty book. Pretty good. It's great. Yeah, like comic book or not, and it it financially didn't do crazy. It critically did well, but financially. It wasn't insane. It wasn't like an endgame where like all three of Marvel movies this year crossed minimum a billion dollars. And yeah. that's, that's like fucking weird to anyone else in the industry. Like I'm sure Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did very good, but it also has the fact that it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like imagine if you're somebody, some lesser known director. So what's, what's that new movie coming out about the uh, app that tells you when you die or whatever? Did you get a trailer? Comedy? Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The horror that, looks, that looks dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's like movies like that, movies like Ma, um, like lower tier movies. I mean, cheap horror movies are going to do okay. Like, I saw Child's Play, I saw Ma, I saw Ma. Um, but like, a lot of these other movies are fighting for that last spot. Yeah. And, and I feel like even if you're a big name director, there's no guarantee that people are going to see your movie. Like, I wanted to see Battle Angel Ailita. It came out in February. I didn't see it till July on the <laughs> flight to Comic-Con. I'm like, wow, this was the best Captain Marvel movie of this. Oh, wait, no, Shazam's the best. Well, we got two really good Captain Marvel movies this year. Not the one with Carol Danvers, but, you know, Ailita and Shazam did a great job at that. Uh, <laughs> like, that has James Cameron's name behind it. That has uh, Robert Rodriguez's name behind it, too. Mm-hmm. Like a really prolific one and a really solid director. Both have their own fan bases. 
did well, but not like insane numbers. Like people talked about it, but um, I think unless it's like Oscar tier, a lot of these other movies aren't going to make it. It seems I think a lot of these other directors have to fight for it. And I kind of feel bad. And did I feel like no. Did you know that Joker was Robert De Niro's highest grossing film that he starred in? Are you serious? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> People know De Niro. People know De Niro. Been around for years, like yeah. like decades on decades. Yeah, and, and like the thing that's curious to me is like, you know, because we have the Irishman coming out, but that's dropping on fucking Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not going to cinemas. It's going to limited cinemas, but um, oh yeah, okay. But the the big chains don't want to have the movie. They don't want to play the movie in their theaters because they only want movies that are going to have like a ninety day run, like at minimum, and they only want to put it in the theater for like two or three days. And they're like, that's not worth it for us. So yeah, it's like a whole thing. Netflix is being greedy, but yeah. Amazon's putting their movies in theaters, like the ones they really believe, like like Gringo, they put in theaters. The Big Sick, they put in theaters. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other conversation though. Yeah, but, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we can. We can wrap this shit up but like oh no it is just a part of me i I don't know if you agree or not or what your thoughts are about but a part of me does think it's like a lot of these other directors even like the biggest names they gotta they gotta fight against fucking disney because like yeah and the and the mouse is hungry yeah the mouse gonna gonna get that cheese yeah like say what you will about the star wars episode nine that movie is hitting the minimum billion dollars lion king sure Lion King made a billion dollars. I didn't even know it made a billion dollars. Are you surprised? <laughs> no, I'm not. Exactly. I just didn't the mouse, know. Because the mouse likes cheese, and the mouse is going to yeah. eat. It, the I mouse really, hungry, the mouse going to eat. <laughs> I really admit the Lion King was just the Lion King with Beyonce in it, but my thoughts on Lion King is for another time, because I'm <laughs> mediocre as fuck. I was like, John Favreau, come on, you're a good director. What happened? What happened? Lions can't emote, man. Lions can't emote. He just he was a free, he didn't take any risks with that movie. Who was the cinematographer for this movie? Yo, half of these shots were boring as hell. Oh my god. But I don't know. Um. <laughs> so so we can both get out of here because my phone. My, the reason <laughs> Skype froze because my phone died mid conversation. Um. Oh dang. Is there anything you want to plug? You want to plug the YouTube channel? You want to plug your own stuff? Uh, you can follow me on the Instagram at the real Aaron Alexander. I'm also on this channel called Hybrid Network as a host. I'm doing video features covering origin stories. You can find me over there. Uh, you can find me uh, at your local Costco. You can find me uh, inside your fridge late at night. You can find me uh, on the bus. Don't come up to me though. Actually, you can't find me on the bus anymore. I don't trust you. Um, <laughs> you gonna get my card saying I have a condition. Yeah, for real. No, but um, those are my main places, and check me out, yo. Biggity bet. Um, if you're trying to hit me up on my IG, on my YT, you can find me at Will the Greatest. Oh, yeah, I came up on the spot. Mars. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me at Will the Greatest on all of my social media platforms except for Twitter, because I don't think either one of us has Twitter. Um, nope. And then if you want to leave questions... Drop the hashtag AskAce wherever comment sections are available. I don't know. This this snippet might go to YouTube. Let's see. We'll see how it goes in the editing process. But that's going to be it this week. Episode 3, Ace Podcast. It's going up late, but 
I had to finagle the shit so that I could get the boy on the show. Thank you for coming on my show, Aaron. Of course, bro. I appreciate Anytime. you taking the time with me. Too much of your time. Um, gonna try to get more people on this show. So if you know anybody that wants to be on, we can try and get them on. See what we can make popping. But I'll see y'all hopefully next week. Might skip a week. Who knows? We'll see what happens. I got an exam. I gotta get my life together. <laughs> Get it together. Get it together. All right. All right, man. Appreciate it. Of course, bro.